welcome to the Bold Dreamer podcast. I am your host, Christina, and as always, I'm so glad that you're here. This week's episode is a true testament to carving your own path and really listening to the tiny little voice inside you. I know you know the one I'm talking about that is guiding you of when things are right and when things aren't right and following, I call them stepping stones, even when they don't always make sense. Um, I have this theory that, I mean, it's, it's obvious because time passes, but I have this theory that every little event that you do that feels aligned to you is essentially a stepping stone that is leading you to where you're either going to end up or where you desire to end up. And sometimes they don't always make sense. And you end up in a situation and you're like, how did I even get here? But they end up being an integral part of your journey. And Diana's story is a true testament to that because she started in one place and has completely ended up on the opposite end of the spectrum, but it's where her talents shine and she can have her own business and she can thrive. She's getting awards and it's pretty fascinating to hear that kind of discombobulated path that she took to get there because it's really easy to feel like you're not on the right path or you're doing something that's a waste of time and you're never going to end up where you want to go when in reality this thing that feels super disconnected from where you want to end up is exactly where you need to be you're gonna run into the right people and it's gonna give you experience that you kind of didn't even realize you needed in order to get to that next level and where you're desiring to end up. And of course, we talk about Taylor Swift, our love for her, and why we adore her. I'm sure this will come up multiple times on this podcast, but this is the first time we really touch on it, and it's so fun to share that with somebody. So as always... Grab your adaptogenic coffee or your regular coffee, whatever makes your heart happy, and sit down at the table with us. And I hope you find some inspiration from this episode. We are just some real girlies trying to live what feels like our dream. And you don't have to have some magnificent thing happen in order to get where you want to go. You just have to keep moving. So I hope this inspires you to keep doing that. Let's get into it. Okay, so I am here with Diana and I am so excited for this conversation. This I think is the first time that we've actually like sat down with each other. I know. I know that's so crazy. Yeah, we've only met in person in passing and then we're basically like internet besties. <laughs> I know. I talk to you like I talk to you more than like I talk to people I've like have been friends with for years. I love that. Um so before we get into everything, um I start every episode with the question, what is your favorite way to take your coffee? I'm pretty sure you're a coffee girl. I am totally a coffee girl. I my favorite way to take my coffee is black with um with cream with creamer just like regular creamer 
good old fashioned. Oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> so, well, sometimes depends on like what kind of mood I'm in. So, oh, okay, there's two ways actually. It depends on what kind of mood I'm in. If I'm out walking, which I love to get up like at six in the morning and go for like a two hour walk mm. every day, um, I always make it a part of my morning to go by Starbies. I know. Have to. I know. No, no judging to. here. No judging. There's um, something about it. There's something about it, and I'm Salvadorian, and we have like the best coffee in the world. And mm-hmm. Starbucks actually uses Salvadorian coffee. I mean, that's one of like the places that they source their coffee. And so I always feel like pretty good about going there, but also like my family used to have coffee hills and like they would pick coffee. So I don't know. It feels like it makes me feel a little connected to them yeah. that Starbucks uses it. But, um, I love their oat milk lattes with like mm. the cold foam on top. Oh, so yes. good. You could put that cold foam literally on anything. <laughs> and it is just... It's so... It tastes like melted ice cream. Like, honestly, it's glorified melted ice cream, and it's so good. It's so good. But I, I try not to do it every morning because, you know, yeah. it's expensive. But um, yeah. outside of that, I like just a regular espresso with either, like, whole milk and a little bit of the uh, Chobani sweet cream. Mm, yes. Which is just like my favorite so that's how I take my coffee um I love we call it cafe con leche so you know just your espresso with like any kind of milk I drink whole milk still so yeah yeah yum if you're using any type of like milk in your coffee it has if it's not like an alternative I feel like it has to be like whole milk half and half or cream anything below that just like makes it a little nasty (laughs) I it's really funny because I um you know Starbucks I always just order on the app but like I just moved to this new neighborhood and there's like a a specialty coffee place that I have been walking to here and there and the guy like the people behind the counter are always like um so is whole milk okay and I'm like yes 1000 percent but it's just so cute how like they ask now because you just never know what yeah. people want but I I'm always a whole milk girl yeah I can I mean I can definitely appreciate it but the the whole milk like there's times I literally will put heavy cream in my coffee and it's just like to Ugh, a lot of people it. that sounds so nasty but it is the best um so good. So good. I love it. I love heavy cream. I, I, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I, I, I love so ranch dressing st- and heavy cream. <laughs> I love heavy cream and also ranch dressing. I put ranch dressing on a lot of stuff, like a lot of stuff. Oh um, my God. I, I love it with dill, like a buttermilk dill ranch dressing. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny you said that. So, um, obviously on TikTok because like what else am I going to do with all my time that I'm not doing other things <laughs> and this woman Same. tried a recipe she made ranch dressing out of ev- cottage cheese because like who's not making stuff out of cottage cheese right now um and she put like the ranch packet in to give it the ranch flavor and she put mm-hmm. a tiny bit of dill pickle juice in it <gasps> and blended it all up and she was like this is actually amazing and it has like you know like all the protein and and all that that people are using the cottage cheese for and I was like okay well now I need to do this because I need dill pickle ranch dressing for everything you know what okay so I'm not on the cottage cheese train me neither but I can't like I see it and I'm like I would rather just eat like regular yogurt but I do 
so I do eat regular. Um, so one of my go-to meals every day is Greek yogurt with like granola and honey um, and like whatever fruit I have available. But mm-hmm. actually, uh, Greek yogurt is such a good base for obviously like tzatziki sauce. But like if you just are in the mood for ranch something, mm-hmm. like doing the ranch packet in there with like dill is really good and just like fresh cucumbers oh oh my gosh fresh cucumber that sounds so good I like have only had a protein bar this morning and now I'm just like daydreaming about what I can dip in ranch Um, I love ranch oh so good so good (laughs) so okay yes ranch heavy cream and coffee staples Um, staples so what did you guys talk about ranch heavy cream and coffee I mean we can keep going it's (laughs) totally easily um I'll so, be back every week to talk about it. Yes. Well, well. <laughs> what are the things you can make out of heavy cream? What are the things you can dip in ranch? Um, <laughs> but so I have followed your story, I guess, like from the sidelines. Because, you know, I basically have seen whatever has like been on social. Um, like I said, we've only, I think, met in person briefly, like once, which is crazy. Um yeah, but I would love for you to kind of like break down what you do now. And I know you've done a ton of other stuff. Like you're kind of like me, like you've a lot of things have been stepping stones to get you to where you are now. So like what you do now and what your path looked like to get there. It's a loaded oh, question. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Strap in, everyone. This is a story. I love it. Um, okay, so goss. now I <laughs> here for the hot goss. It's kind of it's it's wild. Like I'm like I'm almost tearing up thinking about it because I'm like I don't talk about it too often. People know, people know, but yeah. like I don't. So I am a social media director. I own my own digital marketing firm, and I work with different companies across the country on their social media initiatives. So I'm basically your manager, your strategist, your person. And I have a little team that helps me do all of this. So I have been doing this full time since right before the pandemic started. Classic. Um, so yeah, classic. Uh, and I know this is like, the pandemic is obviously like one of the most horrible thing that has probably happened in our lifetimes. But I also had the opportunity during that time to sit back Mm -hmm. and really reevaluate everything because as we get into it, there was a lot before that. And so, um, so that's what I do now. And then I just, uh, hang out at my house with my dog. So I am a social media director by day and by night I am a full-time dog mom. Love that same (laughs) all right so the journey do you want me to start from the beginning or like um what do you you want to know anything that you think is relevant that got you to like running your own business um yeah just whatever is relevant you know you don't have to go all the way back but if it's relevant feel free I'll, it, some of it helps a little bit. So I'll just okay. be like really quick with it. So I was born in San Salvador and I came here when I was two and a half. 
or uh, like three, almost three. Um, my parents and I immigrated here just because there was a civil war happening and like opportunity was just not a thing there. And so they wanted to live and they wanted to make sure that I had a future. And my parents are, they're traditional, but they're also like very much like we want her to have the best possible life. And Mm -hmm. so they came here. Um, we started a life here. My father started a business and was an entrepreneur my whole life. And so I feel like I am an accidental entrepreneur Mm -hmm. because seeing everything that he went through and, you know, the distance that that created between me and him and like just how everything was ran, I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was like, I just want to be a nine to five kind of girl. And so I grew up in Northern Virginia. I went to George Mason University and I graduated. I studied um, history and art history there. At the time that I graduated, I the recession was like really kicking off. Mm-hmm. And so it was really hard to find a job for like a lot of people. I had friends who lucked out and I had friends who didn't luck out. And it felt like it was one of those, it was just such a weird time to be like a young person coming out of school. Yeah. But one afternoon, I'm like just hanging out on Craigslist. I had gotten an internship at this um, like children's nonprofit. And so I was working at this nonprofit and somebody in the building got stabbed. And my parents were like, we got like, you got to get out of there. And it was, yeah, it was one of those things where like my parents were just so concerned. They were like, we'll pay your rent for like a couple months. Um, and so I, I left that job and like a week later I'm sitting on, I'm chilling on Craigslist and this opportunity comes up to go work for a builder in Northern Virginia. Mm. And even though like the recession was happening, like these people were always busy because they like did a lot of repairs. And so I ended up getting hired as an admin there and I was there for about two years and I learned how to essentially run a schedule and do proposals and like do invoicing and accounts payable and like this and that. So I ended up learning like the ins and outs of running a business. Mm-hmm. And so at the same time, my, the, the, that business was growing and they brought on this woman to do marketing. And she was like probably my mom's age but she was wonderful. And like, we would spend literally every day just hanging out working. Somehow I came up in conversation with her husband who was like a VP of this corporate, um, corporate recruiting firm that had been around since the eighties. It was like one of the bigger recruiting firms for transitioning officers. And he was like, Oh man, she sounds great. I wish I could hire her. And she said that to me. And I was like, I'm literally looking for a job right now mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'd been like an admin for two years. I yeah. was like, this is, this is enough time. And so I met him at a Starbucks. I met him at the Starbucks in Reston town center. Mm, one afternoon. I know that one well. I love that one. It's so convenient when you're shopping. Yes. <laughs> and so I met him on a Sunday afternoon he scheduled me to come into the, like their office. And at the time I didn't know where their office was. Um, and he's like, if you get along with Jim and you get along with the team, like this could be a really good opportunity. And so I get, so I'm like, okay, cool. So he gets me an interview at his office and sends me the address. 
And I'm driving up there and it's right next to the White House on Pennsylvania Avenue. Classic. Casual. (laughs) Casual. This girl coming from like, you know, an industrial office park in Ashburn to 1700 Pennsylvania Avenue. Yeah. (laughs) Like a a skip. Typical Wednesday. Typical Wednesday, valet parking. And I'm like, I'm out of my league. I'm out of my league here. And so I go upstairs. I have this meeting. I meet Jim and I meet Jess and I meet all these people that are a part of the office. And I'm so intimidated because like they are, I mean, like when I say they are like, like Jim, my, my former boss is considered one of the best recruiters in the country, like Mm. top 1%. And so like, I was like a fish out of water. Didn't know if I was even going to get this job. Spoiler alert, I got the job. And so little me starts commuting to Washington, D.C. every day. And I essentially became a junior recruiter um, right underneath him. And I learned literally everything I could there. Um, At the same time, so I'm there for a few years. At the same time, I'm starting to feel like something is missing from my life. And I had been going to yoga literally every day for years at that point. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh, okay, well, I'll do a teacher training. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's the thing that I need to do is like, you know, do my corporate job, but then also do this teaching job. And at the same time, I'm like somehow growing an Instagram account with like people downtown following me and like me and my friends getting to go out and eat dinner and do things and like posting about it on you know, IG, which this is 2013. So like it's Twitter and IG and you're just posting your life. And so I'm like randomly growing this account and getting really good at it. And so my boss also comes up to me and he's like, Hey, I need to learn LinkedIn. I need you to like take two hours of your day and figure out social media. Okay. So I'm doing yoga, I'm working this corporate job, and I'm being paid to learn social media at the time. And so it's just like wild now that I think about it. And so then all of this happens, I do the yoga teacher training, and I'm just not interested. And so at the same time, someone I went to high school with was starting a juice company. And they needed help on like the weekends. And so I emailed her and I was like, hey, I would be interested in, in being a part of this. Or like at least just working for you on weekends. And so I end up getting a just like weekend market job with Greenheart, which is um, a juice company here in Northern Virginia. And so I go to Greenheart. I'm like working there and just on Saturdays and like Sundays. And I start like helping with the Instagram account and becoming really good friends with the girl that owns the company. And it becomes very obvious very quick that I'm going to be like a bigger part of the company Mm -hmm. and so you know we run around town we I think we took like the the following that summer from like 300 to like over a few thousand people and so it starts becoming a thing that I yeah so it becomes a thing that I eventually leave my corporate job and become a co-owner of the company Mm. and so for I think it was a I left in 2018. Okay, so I was at Greenheart for about four years. We opened three stores together and ran farmer's markets across the DMV. Um, this one time we made breakfast for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I'll oh tell you God. that story later. That's so I have cool. to tell you that story. It's so good. 
Um, and then in like the fall of 2018, there was an opportunity uh, to sell the business. Um, and at the time, there was just so much going on. And I had realized within like the last few years that that was just not the, a great fit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that I would prefer to be working in marketing of some sort. So I left that business. I sold my portion and got out in two, at the end of 2018. And then 2019 rolled around and I ended up going and working for a really large company. Um, I, I'm not going to say the name, but like a very large like wellness company. Mm-hmm. And I ended up working with their social media team and learning how to run social on the back end of a big brand and ended up taking my talents to like a different company and setting up at an ad agency. And so I worked at an ad agency starting, I think it was like the winter of 2020 and then everything shut down and COVID happened. And so while COVID's happening, I am working for the ad agency. We were working with um, just like government response teams um, on, you know, getting out information on where you could go for COVID testing, how schools were working. And so I did that at the same time I'm growing like my business in the lifestyle social media industry. And it all kind of just snowballed into me having my own firm. And that is what I'm doing now. <laughs> Uh, that's, it's the whole, uh, timeline of everything that you said. So it's funny cause I have listened to so many of these stories now and knowing my own story, like mm-hmm. it's incredible how like one it's, I don't want to say it's like the butterfly effect, but it more or less is right. Like these tiny little moments that somehow, lead one next to the other to the other to the other to that eventually if you listen to them and like you let them just happen kind of dump you in this place of like where you're supposed to be like it's unavoidable but you have to let it happen um and I feel like your story is so like that because it's like you started in construction Yeah. And you ended up through all these like tiny little events, like, you know, nothing was huge, um, tiny little events that eventually, like you said, snowballed. I use that term all the time because I, I believe like when you're in alignment with what you're supposed to be doing, things snowball and it's almost like out of your control and you just have to let it happen. And then you end up in this place and you're kind of like, then you're like, okay, how do I move forward? Because now I'm the one in control. And it's so, right. yes, it's like, it's is a very surreal thing that happens. Um, but I feel like it definitely happened to you. It is honestly, sometimes I think of the journey here to like this moment where I'm sitting in my own home that like I did myself, like I got here myself. I, I think I'm like, what would have like how did this happen yeah how did this happen and you know I'll I'll be doing things and or I I won an award like I think it was two years like last last summer I like was I like was recognized by like the American Advertising Federation and I'm like how how did this happen like 
That's crazy. When did this happen? And, you know, things, I, it's just full circle moments are just so crazy where you're just like, wow, all of these things. Yeah. Connected. Um, when you, so like you said, you got recognized by like an ad agency or, uh, like an, an ad award, um, because you're saying, you said like, oh, like little me going to the white house or like, you know, I was just doing this. Do you still struggle with like praise like that or people saying that you're good at what you do or you're just like, hell yeah, I am good at what I do and I know it. Or do you kind of still feel like, um, I know it's very easy to feel like a fish out of water when it's like not something you went to college for and like we're on yeah. this path to do and you feel kind of surrounded by people that are like better than you, even though they're not. Do you struggle with that or are you like, no, this is it for me? Sometimes I'm shocked. There's a couple different feelings. Sometimes I'm shocked because people are like, well, what do you think about this? And I'm like, you're asking me what I think about this. And, and then I'm sitting there. I'm like, actually, this is what I think about this. But like, you know, there's this really, okay. There's this really interesting thing that happened during the Oscar race this year where like Michelle Yeoh was up for this award, best actress. And like the conversation with her was like, you know, I'm this like Asian woman and I'm in this room with like all these people. And sometimes I have felt like that where I'm like, Oh, I'm this Latina girl that like, you know, I didn't think I was ever going to be in in these positions or in these rooms. And it can be intimidating, especially when you're in rooms of people, you're like, Holy crap, this person has built out the entirety of, you know, DC. And, and you're just like, how did I get here? And like those moments really do take me aback because I'm like, wow, what did I do to deserve to be here? Yeah. Um, and that's hard when you're like qualified and you know, you're qualified to be in those rooms, but like you still have that little bit of, am I an imposter in this room? Yeah. But you have to think like, how did they get here? I've seen, exactly. I've seen, um, this, I don't know if it's a quote or a saying, you know, like all these uh, entrepreneur accounts and stuff that I follow on Instagram. And it's interesting because I've seen this thing come up a lot in like the recent weeks. And it's really funny because when I, so I very much believe in like the universe and signs and 1000%. And when I see something more than like two or three times, I start to take notice of it. Like, I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. I need to kind of like tuck this away somewhere and pay attention to what keeps presenting itself to me. And I kept seeing this thing that was like, when you are in a room, you belong there. Yeah. And it's so true. Yes. And it's not like the like, oh, because I've talked about on the podcast before, like, oh, yeah, we all have imposter syndrome. It shouldn't even be called imposter syndrome because literally everybody has it Mm -hmm. up to sea level and entrepreneurs and stuff like that. But if you are in a room, you deserve to be there. And that's so true. Yeah. And I've like really kind of had to like I said, tuck that away because I have like a few things coming up and I've talked with a few people about, um, things for my business and people come to me looking for advice and I'm like, okay, wait, like, yeah, you can answer these questions. You can do these things and you 
belong where you are because it's really hard sometimes to be like, why are you asking me? <laughs> like, I don't, like, I know, but I don't know. You know what I mean? Um, and it's hard to trust yourself. And I feel like taking on that attitude has like, it's just, you know, maybe in the last two weeks, because this is a very recent thing, but I, it's really helped my mindset a lot. Like, no, I deserve everything that is, whether it's a room I'm in or an email I get or something like that. It's like, you worked your ass off to get there. Like you deserve to be there. You know, it's so true. And I, I have like a little story that I can tell with this, um, with like that relates to this. I, when I was at the height of my, I want to say when I hit the height of my influencing, um, I used to have an Instagram account and I think you followed it too, uh, that I grew at the same time I was growing my other business and I ended up deactivating because it just wasn't a part of who I was anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I went back to just using like my personal IG, which is where we're connected now. Um, and I got invited to this dinner and it was like an invite only. It was very special. It was, um, it's like a sweet green dinner. It was like, have you remember when they used to do those really nice dinners before the pandemic and they mm -hmm. would have like a chef come out. And so I got invited to one celebrating something that they were doing. And, um, I posted about it online because it was, it was awesome. And obviously that's one of the reasons I was invited to this dinner was so that I could post about it. And so I remember this girl that was like up and coming messaging me and she was like, how did you get invited to that dinner? And I was, and I like, I didn't know how to take it because obviously it wasn't very kind, but at the time I also was just like very insecure, but also very like, Oh my God, this person doesn't believe that I should have been invited to that dinner. And then I think in like, I was just like, Oh, you know, I'm like one of their, like at the time I was like a friend of the brand. So like I would get like a, like a free credit, like free credits for salads. And so I was like, Oh, I've been a friend of the brand because I have like 8,000 Instagram followers that are local to DC. So yeah, obviously I got invited. Um, but it's always just funny to me when people are like, well, why do you get to do that? But also that they have the gall to say things like that. Yeah. Like where <laughs> I, I would love to like be inside of somebody's head like that. That one, like you said, has the like balls to say something like that to someone else. And yeah. two, that is like so goddamn confident in everything that they do, that it doesn't even cross their mind. Like, are there people yeah. on this planet that exist that are like, oh my God, this is like my thing. Like I, mm, I'm the best person here. Like I would just love to live in that mindset for like a day. <laughs> you also, you just never know who you know, like who people know. Yeah. And I feel like that's so much of even just like regular jobs. That's so much is like who you know has so much more of an impact on like what you're able to do. A lot of times, a lot of times like uh, Jordan was reading this book called Outliers. I don't know if you've ever read it. Um, I've heard of it though. Yeah. And yeah. I've not read it, but he's like, it's funny because a lot of stuff I can kind of like uh, put back to you and like your life and, and how you are with things. But a lot of it is hard work and like right place and right time. So it's like the idea of this, this whole thing is like really successful people are, yes, they're good at what they do and they 
have worked really hard, but so much of it is like right place, right time, right people, right connections. And those end up being like the outliers, right? Like the really successful people. And and it's so true because it's like you can work your butt off day in and day out, but if you're not connecting with the right people, like you're also not going to get anywhere. You have to. When I tell you that I have gotten into things because of the people that I knew, it is it, like it would blow your mind. Like the the first person who got me a social media gig was, and I'm going to say it, Sophie Pyle. She, um, if she listens to this, I love her to death because she was one of the people that changed my life. And she and I connected on Twitter mm. and were like tweet and then like IG each other. And we had dinner one night. And finally, like, met up in person, had dinner one night. And, like, the next week she was like, hey, this interior interior designer is looking for a social media person, and I dropped your name. Hmm. And it just from there, like, it snowballed. And it was, yeah. like, one of those things where it's, like, you don't know who you know. Yeah. And you don't know who anyone else knows. And you don't know how it's going to happen. But, like, from my interaction with her, I was able to pick up other clients. But then a couple years later, she connected me to someone else. And from that. I was able to grow my business like exponentially. I am obsessed with that. Um, it's yeah, it's been all word of mouth. People like I recently started a, like social media accounts and working on a website for my business because it's literally been all word of mouth. Word of mouth is whether you have like a brick and mortar or an online business or a service based business. Word of mouth is, I believe, the most powerful marketing tool that you could ever have above everything else. Like word of mouth is unreal. I recently got hired. I took on a new client recently and it's like one of the, the most successful deals I've done. And I was talking to this person and I was like, Oh, do you need to see my portfolio or do you need to see this? Because I, I do not, I have a portfolio and it like, I'm really proud of it because it's really impressive when I open it. I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe all of this. And he goes, no, because so-and-so said that you were the best and their word is as good as gold. And I was like, well, and we had like our first meeting and I was breaking everything down and he was like, yep, she was right. It's insane. Yeah. Word of mouth is a lot. I'm saying. Um, so kind of like switching gears a little mm-hmm. bit, I have a ton of people that listen to this that have like their own businesses and, you know, like Instagram accounts and some are, I guess, more teetering on like the influencer side. And, um, mm-hmm. but a lot are, I would say small businesses that, you know, I feel like the, the focus is always like, Oh my God, more followers, more followers. I, I don't know if this is to my detriment or not. I don't focus on that. Uh, maybe no. I should. Um, but if you had to, because I, with this podcast, I, I feel like I talk to people that know such valuable information. And I think it's amazing when people are willing to share. What are like some big mistakes that you see either businesses making with their, cause, cause you're hired for these people to grow their social media presence, obviously probably, um, increase their conversion rates, turn followers into customers, you know, what have you. Um, do you see things like time and time again that people are doing wrong? Um, 
like, do you have advice if you're willing to share yeah. with small businesses or like aspiring influencing has gotten huge with like TikTok. It's on another level now. Um, what would you say in regard to any of that stuff? I think focusing on numbers is the wrong approach because you can have a ton of followers and no business. Mm-hmm. But if you have the right followers and the right cheerleaders for your team, like I cannot even begin to like, I can, I, okay, I'll give you comparative numbers here. I have been running a social media account with almost 80,000 followers for a few years. And then I have my own social media account, which is, I I call it my burner account. You know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Uh, I love that account. (laughs) It's so, it's one of those things where it's just like to release like tension and stress and it's just a fun account. So the account with like 80,000 followers at most will get like 600 to 700 views on stories Mm. because they've been growing it for so long. And then I had another account where it was like 25,000 followers, but they were super active and they were getting about the same views as like the really big account. So like 800 views a story. My little account with like, I think it's 9,000 followers. I barely even post things anymore. But like, even at the height of it, and even now, whenever I do an Instagram story, it has over 2,000 views a story. Oh my God. Because the crowd and audience that follow that account are so dedicated to the content that if your content is good, and people are engaged and they are your fans and they want to be there to support your brand, that's what's going to matter. That's where the numbers really convert because I can put out like a link to a story and get 50 clicks on it on that little account. And then on the bigger accounts, I can't do anything like that because the metrics don't work the same. So what I would say to anyone starting, and obviously there are people that just really want big numbers, but the way that you need to, yeah. The way that a business needs to view social media is this is my portfolio that is free access to everyone. Everyone, like, oh, everyone has a phone. Everyone has some sort of social media. M- like micro and nano influencer accounts, which are you know going to be anywhere like a thousand people up. If you have an engaged audience, the numbers aren't going to matter because if you're converting those numbers – like brands are starting to work with people that have under 5,000 followers. Oh yeah. Because they're trying to get to your people. Like the the bigger you are, the better, obviously. But even if you're small, you and you still can build you know, as an influencer, you can build an audience that like wants to buy your shoes, wants to buy your clothes. That's going to convert for a business. Like if you can give them those numbers, like, I don't even, I, I can't even like put it into words anymore where I'm like, the size of your following doesn't matter. The fact that people are t- tuning into your stories, liking your post, that's where the the good stuff is. Yeah. And like resonating with you. I had like a remote job um, that I was doing basically like during the pandemic and I was like well I could Mm -hmm. like you know pick up I'll be doing my like business on the side and um just like pick up a job because why not and it was like a cool opportunity but it was in affiliate marketing and Mm -hmm. it's so funny you say that because 
a lot of our most successful affiliates were like 10K and under because their audience gave a shit what they said. They're engaged. Yes. And like you can look at easily like anybody that's feeling bad about like their Instagram following or like they don't have a lot of followers or whatever, like go, it's, it's like simple math, right? Like go look at your likes versus your followers, do a little division, figure out what like your engagement rate is and like go to a big account and see it. And like, there's a really good possibility that your engagement is higher than that really big account. Um, Always because people are interested in people. Yes. Simple, you know? So if you were going to say, like, give a, whether it was a business or an influencer, I feel like you work with a lot of businesses. If you were going to give, like, somebody starting out on Instagram or, like, has an Instagram and they haven't, like, seen it budge or people aren't buying from them, do you have, like, advice on stuff that you've done that works on how to make a, a, pro, a profile, make an Instagram account, um, like, work for you? I think one of the bigger thing, like, and I, and I go back to Greenheart. Like one of the things that we did there was we, we had like a campaign one summer where it was like, oh, we called it show us your heart where people, um, showed us their like Greenheart bottle. And like every couple of weeks we would pick a winner and that went like, that winner would get like product from us or yeah. like a shout out. And people love that because they loved the story. They loved like, you know, the photos that we were doing, like the vibe that we were putting out, put out those good vibes. Like that's like the big thing is like, make sure that you have a clean lens, take clean photos, literally go on YouTube, go on and like, go on TikTok, just go like, not Google, but like go in the search bar and say like, how do I take a good Instagram photo? Yes. Wipe that lens every time you take a picture. Every time. Oh (laughs) my God. Like sometimes people send me things and I'm like, why? (laughs) Wipe the lens. And if you take a, I like wipe it and then I take a picture and then like in between that picture and the next picture, I wipe it again, even though it has not touched anything. (laughs) I, so my eye at this point, because I'm, I'm just like years in, but I also did study art history in school. My eye is very like, trained to see things in a way that I'm like okay I get it not everybody has this but there are times where I'm like if this person would only have moved this candlestick like two centimeters to the right this would be a perfect picture yeah and it land like honestly that's the biggest thing is like just make sure that you have good clean photography and with the advent of iPhones that is like a free thing you can do. Just take a YouTube like class on it. Just yeah. go on TikTok. There are millions of like, and I always say this in quotation marks, like Instagram experts that can like teach you how to take a photo. Yeah. If you have clean photography on your Instagram account, it's going to make it more visually appealing. Also have like a good catch line that like makes you want to follow the account. Like we, yeah. I have an, I have a designer I work with. So my like I'm very much niche down and one of my niches now is just like or my niche now is really like the home industry mm-hmm. so like interior designers and my one of my newer clients and I we were having a conversation and she was like I don't want people to think I'm just like an average designer like I want them to know that like we have edge and like we're not just like your run-of-the-mill designer and I was like hey why don't we make that your tagline like not just your average like pretty girl designer Mm-hmm. and just making sure that like you have like a clean tagline that explains who you are, 
that clean photography, it makes a difference. Like you don't want to follow an account that's just posting like flyers all the time. That's annoying. Yeah. And like um, it appeals to the right people. So I am Mm -hmm. at the stage in my business, like I need a social media manager. <laughs> I love but, your TikToks. What are you talking about? Oh my god! I like. I went back and forth on making my TikTok. Like, should I make this business or should I make it me? And I would say in the last like six months, whether it's my Instagram for Orchid and Ash or like my TikTok, I just like don't give a fuck anymore about like trying to make it perfect. Um, I still think Orchid and Ash is like aesthetically appealing. Yeah, but for sure. It's but I just don't care as much about like wanting to sound like a brand or all this stuff. Like I've gotten yeah. very comfortable with being like it's me behind the business. Like so you're gonna see things that have to do with me sometimes. And um I actually feel like I have like a ton of Instagram friends over there that I've like never met in my real life. And I think that makes like a difference too. Um but I also am realistic about like where I want to take the business and I eventually am going to need more than like 1800 followers on Instagram. So <laughs> not and, that it's about the fine. numbers, yeah. but, but there does, but I think where I have like a, I don't want to say like trouble letting go because like I outsource a ton of my photography now and stuff like that. But it's like that personal aspect for me, I think is what makes those 1800 people convert. Um, So I will say this, just to interrupt you for one second, those 1800 people are going to convert. Obviously you can incentivize through like a contest or like share about Mm -hmm. us and, you know, I'll send you like a code for your next one kind of thing. But also um, where I'm going with this is, a lot of times in my industry, what I see is like people building these massive marketing firms or like just social media firms and they go and like they work in every niche. And what happens there is that it becomes so impersonal. Like yeah. I won't, like I won't take anyone on that does not fit the niche I want to be in that does not, um, that I can't like give time to. Like every client that I work with, I know, like they are my, like they become my friends. It's crazy because somebody was like, wow, you're really close to so-and-so. And I'm like, yeah, I'm her voice on the internet. Like yeah, I like, have ha- to know them. I have to know them. And like, I can immediately tell if it's not going to work out with someone because I really want to work. Like I always want to work with people that like we can joke around, we can have a camaraderie and will invite me into their business because I have to get to another business. I know a lot of people that like will start, not a lot of people, but I know a few firms here in like this area that like will outsource like the copywriting to someone else, the management to someone else. And it's like, well, when did you get to know the business owner? And they just like take it and they're like, okay, well, this is what I think should go on this feed or this is what I think your voice should sound like. And for me, like you saying that, I'm like, well, I hope that if you do hire someone to run your social media, you get someone who gets to know you, gets to know your brand. Um, Doesn't just like, yeah, doesn't just say like, oh, this is what you should be doing because this is what everyone in your industry is doing. No, that's boring. Yes. And like collaborates over just like doing. Um, I worked for somebody once that just like outsourced 
a social media manager for like an ungodly amount of money every month. Um, well, I don't know like what the going rate is, but to me, it was like an ungodly amount of money. Like, thousands can you tell me what the amount was? <laughs> yeah, it was like thirty five hundred bucks a month. I literally um, am underpricing myself, but anyways, go on. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. It was just, but all they were doing was like adding graphics, and like they had like this little cohort where every time like somebody in that cohort posted, they'd all go and like comment and be like, interesting. A cool fact or like whatever and the account became like so sterile and I'm just like yeah I feel like that's people don't really really go for that and um I feel like something that is really cool that's like happened with TikTok and stuff it's like we've just seen how ordinary so many people's lives are and I feel like people kind of resonate with that like it's, it's a human on the other side I think it should be that way. And it's funny you say that because like my one of my favorite Instagram accounts <laughs> is um, the place I get my Botox done uh-huh. because they are just so fun about like the things that they're like doing. They like do the TikTok trends, but like you just feel like you get to know them. Yeah. And, and then it's not just them. like a bunch of information. Yeah. And then I trust them. I'm like, yeah, I want Brianna to always do my Botox. Like she's yeah. funny as hell. Like that's what I want to see. <laughs> Did you see her dancing? Obviously I want her to do my Botox. Yeah. Obviously she has like a steady hand. <laughs> yeah. <That's laughs> Those amazing. are my favorite. Yeah. That's amazing. I just don't love it when things are too sterile. Yeah, I'm the same way and and I'm still like I'm still figuring out like what works for me and how do I bridge like Orchid and Ash which is very a product-based business with like still not being completely impersonal. So, it's always a learning a learning opportunity for me on my end, but Yeah. Um, it's I've never had a big Instagram account, so I don't like even know what that comes with. I've worked with them, but I've not been them. So, yeah, you know, I don't, I've never had a really big Instagram account except for like that one at the beginning of like Instagram. Mm -hmm. And that was an experience. Like that's an experience because I feel like people, they think that they know you. But one thing I have to remind people all the time is Instagram, like social media isn't always real. Mm. Um, I try to be really real on it. Not like I don't share a lot of my personal life. Like, you know, I don't think I'll ever post. I don't think I've ever really posted like anyone I've dated or like, if I'm like having a really bad day, like it's very rare for me to like say anything, but I do try to be transparent about like, Hey, this is what I'm doing, but you're, but also you're not seeing like, you know, the fact that like my electrical panel blew up, like I didn't post about that. (laughs) Like, I all just, you're seeing is I bought this house. Like, all of my savings. Like, the fact that I spent $60,000 last month. Like, you don't know yeah. that. But, like, yeah. you know, I – um, you just – you never know. Like, you never – sometimes you do get people that – and I feel that sometimes you do get people that really do overshare and you're like, oh, my God, please, please, please. Yeah. Like, I'm having a bad week and this is making me just, like, sad. Yeah. Um, but – Sometimes social media is real, too real, and sometimes, and a lot of times it's not. And so, like, just reminding yourself of that is, like, I think key. Imperative. Oh, yeah. Like, it's such a um, 
handpicked filter of how people want people to see their lives, you know, and I'm thinking Mm -hmm. in my sphere of life, it's like on my personal account, um, my sphere of life is like, well, I, I, I just got married and I share about that a lot, but it's It's so beautiful. Most beautiful (laughs) wedding I've ever seen. All like, you know, like, oh, my husband and my kids and my this and my that. And I'm even guilty of it because I have shared like all those wedding photos, you know, and like life is not just like easy. And but it's your real life. Sorry to interrupt you, but that is your real life. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like it's so, like you said, like it makes people feel like they know you. And and I've literally had people like message me and be like, oh, I just like want what you have. And it's like, da da da, like all these things. Yeah. And what I didn't post about was like, I moved back to my parents' house for a week a few years ago because like Jordan and I didn't know if we were going to like move forward together. You know what I mean? Like that's stuff yeah. people don't see. And I'm not going to post about that, like crying in my childhood bedroom. You know what I mean? Like it is such a, you get to pick and choose. And I think, like you said, like people forget that what, what they're seeing online. And I feel like this has been talked about in so many different ways, but just from like a personal perspective, I'm guilty of it too. And you know, Same. granted, we came out on the other side and I'm like literally disgustingly obsessed with him. Like it disgusts so me cute. to my independent woman core. Like that. It's hot. <laughs> but you know, and and so there is. There's like all that other shit that you just opt out of sharing. You know, I will say this, and I will be very like honest about and I can I can be honest and transparent about what I'm about to say because this is my truth and this is what happened to me. Um, recently a girl that I went to high school with, she and I were making plans to go like have brunch soon and we we're just talking and I was like, Oh, your life is so cute. Like, I really admire what you do. She's a teacher. I'm like, I really admire what you do. And she was like, Oh, thanks. You know, it's kind of boring. Your life seems amazing though. And I'm like, Oh, but, but that's because that's what I'm putting on the internet. Like, yeah. I, re- I recently went to Europe for a whole month and people are like, I'm sure people were like, how can she afford this? Right. Because I wasn't just in one place. I went everywhere. Yeah. And the reason I could afford it was I had been living at my parents' house for the last year, rent free mm-hmm. and had the funds to, and I always wanted to do something like this. Like when I was younger, I didn't have the funds to do it the way that I wanted to do it. Yeah. And this time I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy a house. But like before I buy a house, I want to do this trip because I've always dreamt of doing this trip, but it, I could afford it because I didn't have a mortgage. I didn't have rent. I didn't, yeah. you know, I'm very lucky. I don't have student loans. Like that's, that's another big thing. I'm like, I don't have those things to pay for. I don't have yeah. children. My parents could take care of my dog, but like people also don't know. I mean, some people know because I did share about this back in the day. People don't know that like when I left my former business, I, was going through like a really hard depression. And Mm -hmm. I literally went to go work at mom's organic market so that I could get out of the house because I didn't want to see anyone. All I wanted to do was like put my head down, but I also was broke and needed money. So I was like, all right, what do I do? I could have gone back to my career because my boss at my old job would have hired me back, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so you know, I didn't post about this on the internet. I eventually posted something on my old account where it was like, 
I have been working at a grocery store for like a month and I only worked there for a month and I was a terrible yeah. employee and the, they will <laughs> never hire me back <laughs> because I was just depressed the whole time I was Aww. there. Um, but like, I didn't put the fact that I was like, you know, struggling mentally, emotionally and financially, like yeah. triple whammy, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. you just never know. I do. I think it's so, um, I get some really nice messages actually. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, don't think that about me. You know what yeah. I mean? Because I'm like, you're, you don't see like, there's like nights I'm like dry heaving, just like crying because I'm like, what the yeah. heck am I doing? Like I should be at X, Y, and Z at this point. Like I should have kids. I should have this. I should have that. Mm. I should have like tons of money in the bank. And you know, when, when you're doing a business, like you, sometimes you have money and sometimes you're like investing all of it and you don't have any. And, um, I think it's really easy for people to lose sight of like the hard shit because we're not putting it out there. (laughs) You're not. Yeah, exactly. Like when she, when she said your life is amazing, I didn't say all of the things I just said right now, but like, yeah, I said, Thank you. There are obviously like very fun moments that I share with everyone because, you know, that's another thing is like, I want to share my good human experience. But I said to her, I was like, oh, thank you. It can be really chaotic. Yeah. And I'm just now, you know, the first six months of this year have been insane. I'm just now getting to the point where I'm like, (gasps) breathe. Mm hmm. And I wish it was easier to share about the hard stuff. I really do because um, it resonates with so many people. And like I, um, I've talked about this on a few episodes of the podcast and I did share a tiny bit about like that Jordan and I ended up deciding to go through like IVF in last December Mm -hmm. and I shared about it briefly, but I was like, I just don't feel like talking about this on the internet. So I didn't, you know, and the thing is like those really, those things that are upsetting and those things that are hard to share are the things that resonate with the most people. But this is like, it, I feel like the internet can be such a fun space. And I'm just like, I just, who wants to post about like the things that are the breakups and the infertility and the, business failures the the business failures and the lonely nights or whatever it is like um but then you also get the misconceptions right but then that also feeds into the misconceptions like I never posted any of the bad or not I don't want to say bad stuff because like in the long run it was a blessing in disguise everything I went through when I was leaving my former business was a a blessing in disguise for me every time yeah and you know at the time I was like not talking about it and I still don't talk about it. But like, you know, somebody came up to me at fucking Christmas. Sorry, I cursed. At a no, Christmas I've, market. Have you, heard, have you met me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just briefly in passing. Um, yeah. <laughs> but this one time, like this is last year. This is last November. I was at a Christmas market that I was helping market, market the Christmas market. Um, and this woman came up to me that like I kind of knew in my former life. And she was like, so how much money did you make off of like leaving your mm. own business? And I was like, um, sorry, what? Like, I don't even talk about this with like my family. So what makes you think that I'm going to talk about it with you? It's like the assumption of if you don't say something bad or something negative, people think, oh, well, 
this must have been a really good situation for you. And I'm like, well, that's none of your business, right? So, yeah. It's just weird. It's weird because people, yeah, people can relate or they think they can relate or they think that they know because you're not talking about it in a negative way. So like, let's say you did get pregnant and people are like, oh my God, you guys got pregnant like immediately. And you're like, well, I don't talk about this. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, I went through like something similar when I sold my bakery and I, I, I like shouldn't even use the word sold because I got fucking robbed, <laughs> but like, oh. um, I, I saw your but, thing the other day and I was like so many parallels. Yeah. Like literally I sold it, sold it, like signed a contract with these people. Um, and you know, fault of my own, I guess. I I let them take like a personal loan, uh, basically against me. So I let them pay in installments. And after like no. three months, they were just like, "Yeah, no, we don't really want to fucking pay anymore." <laughs> and so it turned into a lawsuit, like a five year long lawsuit. And wow. so, like we ended up settling, but like when you settle, you don't get anywhere near what yeah you know you would have. So I mean, yeah on paper, like I sold my business and I'm like this successful entrepreneur, 29 year old sold my business. But really in reality, I was tens of thousand dollars in debt because (gasps) my payment got cut off. I was working a job that like barely paid me shit and I was paying a lawyer on top of it. So like I'm paying the lawyer and all my, my paychecks were cash and I'm putting groceries and dog stuff and everything else on a credit card. <laughs> and then I was in debt and I sold my whole ass business and I was in debt and it was horrible. Um, and like that follows you. So I'm still like, you know, crawling out of some stuff and, and figuring that out. But yeah, it's just like, I'm not going to put that on the internet fully, you know? Like Yeah. <laughs> Nor should you have to. It's like, you know, I don't even... And out of respect, like out of respect for like everything I went through, I'm like, you don't need to know everything. So when she said that, I was like, I just looked at her and I was like, I I did fine. Because in reality, I did fine. And I'm in a great place. And it's not your fucking business. Yeah. It was just like kind of like you weren't there. So you don't know. Yeah. It's, it's social media is like such an interesting place and And it's always interesting to talk to somebody too that has like made a whole career out of it because at the end of the day, what you're doing is like, I don't want to say manipulating, but you're making something forward facing to people to make them like it. Right. And I feel that people don't understand that like everybody is marketing on social media. Yeah. Like you, you are, if you're a private individual, you have a private account, but you're still posting, you are still marketing yourself. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't even have to be like a business. You're like putting your life on the internet. That is marketing yourself because you want people to perceive, like people do want you, like people want to put the best of themselves out there. Like you want people to perceive you as this person. And you know, we're all guilty of doing it. Like I try to I try to at least like now because I understand how it works. Like I will say like the other day I put on this evening gown because I was going to something I got invited to. And I was like, wow, I can really see my baby belly right now because I ate a 7-Eleven hot dog. Like I at least want to be truthful of like the fact that it can be chaotic. It can be hilarious. You know, life isn't always perfect. 
but not everybody is at that point. And I think that once people do get to that point where they can acknowledge that social media isn't exactly real, but there is room for you to like make fun or like not make fun of yourself, but like at least have some fun with your life. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to all be so serious. Yeah. Exactly. Like right now I am having fun. This is like a fun time in my life and I want to share about that. That's amazing. I love that. Um, and, and, and I think it's really important to embrace the times that life does feel fun because inevitably it turns again, you know, and it's such Mm -hmm. a, this, it's like such a, I don't know if I want to use the word blessing or, but it's such a high feeling when you're just like, life is great. And, and something along the way has like kind of made people like give other people a side eye when they say that, like, Oh, like, you know, at, at, on one end we're sharing all the good stuff, but like when you share too much good stuff, then people are like, Oh, like you're braggy or, you know, like whatever. And there's really no winning. No, there's no, in Spanish we call it el mal viejo. So like the evil eye, like the side eye. Yes. Yeah. You're getting the side eye from people and you're just like, oh, you can't win or you can't lose. Exactly. And so it always comes back to like just showing up in a way that like feels good to you, like period. Yeah. I think I I always want to show up in a way where I'm authentic at least a little bit. Yes. Um, Okay. So I'm, I'm going to switch directions again, just because we talked about it before we hopped on and um, speaking of authenticity. So um, we're both Swifties. Swifties this is, forever. This is fact. Fact, not, not, fact, not fiction. <laughs> fact, literally. Um, I think Taylor Swift is a great example of somebody that has been able to piggyback success of her career off of just becoming more authentic in who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about this a little bit. So I'm going to ask you, because you said you have a story. What's your yeah. favorite Taylor Swift song? So my favorite Taylor Swift song is New Romantics. Mm. And a lot of people don't know it. Like you have to be like a real Swifty to know this yeah, song. Yeah, because it's a good one. It's, I feel like, okay, I feel that next to Karma, it's probably like her next best song. Mm. I think Karma, Karma is so good. Karma is like, this girl is a universe girl. She is woo woo. Like, I love her. Yeah, um, she gets it. <laughs> she gets it. Like next to Karma, New Romantics is like up there for me, but. I, it's on the deluxe version of 1989. I always have to explain that to people when they ask. And I'm like, you're yeah. not a real Swifty. Yeah. If you like, don't know that song. <laughs> what, what, what album is that? Um, so there, a few years ago, and this is kind of where it turned for me. And I was like, all right, this woman, she has the feelings that I understand and that I get. But I was leaving my former business. Um, I was essentially like, I don't want to say leaving the friendship, the partnership, but I was leaving a partnership. And, you know, I was also around the same time ending like a decades long relationship, like a back and forth decades long relationship with the man I thought it was going to like end up with. And there's a line in the new romantics where she goes, 
because maybe I could build a castle out of all the bricks they threw at me. Mm. And that line, I like, I want to get it tattooed somewhere. I just don't know where, but like that line at that time, and I would listen to that song over and over again. But like one of the, the biggest things for me in leaving all of those relationships was, and you know, leaving everything I was doing was I wanted to leave with my health head, like my head held high and my dignity intact. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I did. I feel like I left all of those situations in the best way possible with like the universe behind me. But like every other piece of my, my existence was just crumbling. And so Mm. I feel like I've spent the last four years, like three to four years rebuilding my life brick by brick. So that, that song means everything to me. Sadly, she didn't play it as her surprise song at the concert, but (laughs) at the one I, at the era's tour that I went to or the era show I went to, but like that song means the world to me. And I, oh my God, I hope that like one day I can like, I can tell her that, but like, I probably won't. I have not with that song in particular, but I feel like I have such a similar feeling and story to her and so much like of my being just like, even if I could tell her mom, like I, I relate to her on such a level, which is so crazy to say because she is like the biggest, you know, mega star that there ever is. But her entire story is people screwing her over Mm -hmm. and her, like, exactly like you said, taking those bricks that people threw at her and just building her own little castle with it, her huge castle with it. And I, like, especially with her... um, redoing all her albums like I did this on like a mini scale but when I with the shop like I went once I was like okay they just stole this from me like I got robbed um the only thing I could do to like take it back was I wrote this like ebook of all the recipes that people would come into the shop for they still they still own the shop at this point but they Mm. not to get into it they sold it while they were still owing me money back, which is like not legal, you know, like they weren't even allowed to like sell a chair while they were still paying me my, That's we, were awful. In the of, we were in the middle of a lawsuit and they sold it to somebody else. Like, we'll just leave it at that. Lawsuits and, are so hard too. I don't know if you will understand that when you are being sued, dude, it is. I, so, uh, I, well, I was the one doing the suing. Well, yeah, like, no, I mean, just like being in a legal situation in general. Yes. It's so stressful. Well, and that's the thing. Like, people are like, oh, well, like you sued them. So you got their money. And I'm like, well, I sued them with $25,000 of lawyer fees that I didn't actually have. And if I was going to keep going, it probably would have been another 50. And I would have gotten like what back. They obviously like don't pay shit. Anyways, I'm like, I could go on a tangent. Um, (laughs) But so they... I knew that they weren't keeping the shop and, and honestly at this point it didn't really matter to me, but I like wrote a e-cookbook with all the recipes that Good. like were mine and that they like bought from me. You can't see me on video, but I'm like quoting 
you know, bought from me. Mm-hmm. And that was like my mini way of like, fuck you guys. I'm taking this back. And I made like thousands of dollars off that cookbook. I and, love that for you. Oh my God. And, and it's like on such a small scale, but the emotions in a situation like that run so high that me watching her, like somebody stole her entire life's work from her and she's just like, fine, I'm going to take it back. And it like gives me chills. Like that's why I love the re-record so much. Like, yeah, her, her mature voice is amazing and like all this stuff, but she is literally building an empire out of getting screwed over. Which is amazing. And so many women can relate. Yes. And it's incredible. And um, I don't know. I just think she has like stepped into this authenticity that a lot of people can see themselves in. And maybe not everybody can like pinpoint why do they like Taylor Swift so much? It seems like such like a girly thing to do, but it's like, no, she is like so badass and like, and the lyrics. Yes. And she's just like doing what all of us, I feel like, wish we could do in so many scenarios of our life. And it just makes you feel like empowered to like be a part of it. You know, I don't know. No, totally. And I mean, even. Yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to say maybe we should write her a letter. (laughs) We should. I mean, like, here's the thing is like the lyrics alone. The Like if you like I was telling you, um. I like was, you know, having the best time of my life at, at eras, but there was that point where like, I'm listening to shake it off. And I, um, you know, was probably like blacked out a little bit, but like not blacked out enough that I can't remember, but like, yeah, I was just sitting there dry crying because (laughs) I was like, usually when you listen to shake it off, you're just like, you know, dancing and having a good time, but I'm sitting there listening to the lyrics and I'm like, oh my God, this is a really powerful song. Yes. And it like, that's all her lyrics though. And you know, the re-recordings to me, I think are genius because we talked about this a little bit before we popped on. She, I don't think ever, like she saw country as a way to get into the music industry, but she was never going to stay there. Yeah. And she is just shattering her own, her own ceilings. Like just, oh, another one, oh, another one, just rewriting her own story in the exact way that she wants to. Yeah. And she made it possible for like other artists in country, like her, like Casey Musgraves, Maren Morris, like they have careers outside of the genre. I mean, Casey Musgraves, golden hour. Oh, another one, another one, just like perfect. And she, and she's speaking from the heart and it's not cookie cutter. And yeah, it's just, I love, I love this for them. I love the trajectory they took and I love that they weren't going to allow themselves to be boxed in because yes. I feel like a lot of women allow, not allow, but a lot of women are boxed into situations and Taylor is showing women that they don't have to do that. They don't have 100%. to be boxed in. And it's just like, uh, it is like a religious experience. Like you said, like just... it is and I hope everybody can experience that one day whether it's through Taylor or somebody else it's magical it is and I really do hope that like if anything gets taken away from like this portion of the conversation 
It's that you can look at Taylor and you can look at all of the times that she has reinvented herself and gone through different eras of her life to know that you can change at any moment yes, that you want. I, yes. And I feel like I resonate so deeply with that. Like it is okay. 150% okay to walk away from stuff that just does not feel good anymore. And yeah, you can change what you're doing. You can <laughs> pivot if you have a business and don't want to abandon it you can just like kind of change what you're doing there and like there's just something really to be said to um following what feels aligned for you because at the end of the day if you're doing something that feels good one it's going to resonate with other people and two it's just going to be better because you're actually gonna like it um I think yeah. learning the art of the pivot is super important. Sorry, I interrupted you. Again. No, no, a hundred million times. No, a hundred percent. Like you have to pivot. If you're not pivoting in business or in life in general, like you are going to get left behind. You're going to break. You're going to snap. Like either, you have to pivot. Either that, or you're going to get stuck in the same routine for the rest of your life. Yeah, and, and be miserable. And that is so unhealthy and so. Um, just not the way that, I mean, I, at least I know that that's not the way I'm supposed to be living my life. Like the amount of times Same. I've pivoted, the amount of times that like something has changed. I, I can't even tell you how many times I have changed in the last year. I'm a much different yeah. person than I was three years ago. And it's because, and I didn't understand it until recently. It's because I learned how to pivot and yes. I learned how to like take change is. and go with it. Yes. And oh. that's where the growth is. Like, I don't know. I just can't imagine starting life out at 22 and not changing, like right. not changing anything, you know? Um, and God bless the people that can be content with that. But like, it is not me. There is so uh, much growth and discomfort and I don't know how to convey that to people more or like, or just yeah. like how to articulate that. There's so much growth and discomfort and there's so much that like, you're not supposed to do the same thing every day for the rest of your life. That is literally the worst thing that you could possibly do for yes. yourself as a person. I in, so I was a, I got married at 35. So I've seen my fair share of like heartbreak and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think there's such a, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but you know, people kind of like feel, I don't know if you feel this cause you're in your thirties as well. Like people like kind of feel bad for you if you're not married yet at a certain point or stuff like that. And I, but I would never in my life, if I was given the opportunity, take back even my worst heartbreaks where it felt like people literally ripped my heart out of my chest and stepped on it with like metal cleats. I would never take that back because <laughs> I almost like, I don't want to say I feel sorry, but I almost feel sorry for people that have never experienced like such a profound hurt and heartbreak, like in their adult life, because like you said, there is so much growth in the discomfort of it. And, um, so much happens to you as a person to navigate through something that like 
hurts so bad, whether it's a relationship or mourning the loss of a business or um, yeah. having to move or something. But like that is like the shit that we are down on this planet to experience. Like, and it makes those good times we were talking about feel so much better. It's crazy you say it like that because it's so true. I know that we're going super over on our time, but no, yeah, I I went through something where like I got hurt, like I got hurt by someone, and. I, like, so I ended a really long relationship, like right before the pandemic started. And I was like, okay, mm. I'll date next spring. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, oh, LOL. You know, now that I, I look did the at same it, thing. Like, yeah. 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 Now that I look at it, I'm like, oh, you sweet summer child. Yeah. Um, and I remember like for years after like that whole situation, I was like, why didn't, why didn't it work out? Why? Like, what about me was this yeah. or that? And then like, you know, I finally moved past it. And then, you know, I like had another little thing that happened and immediately because I've learned so much and I've grown and I've got, I go to therapy every week. I immediately contacted my therapist and I was like, we need to talk. And I ended up discovering that I had all, like I had a little bit of an abandonment issue and Mm -hmm. I was able to work it out with her and I was able to like dig into a lot of stuff that like. I had like at least seven breakthroughs within like a, a four month period. I believe it. And you're better for it. And I'm better for it. And I'm thankful to like the people that got me here yeah. because I envision it now. I'm like, if I wouldn't have changed, I probably would have married that guy. God, and then my life would have been miserable. miserable. Oh my God. I can't even miserable. And- like this is a man who tried to come back to me while engaged to someone else. They always do. Like, they me- always do. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? Like, this is- this- I'm laughing because I can relate. Just like, it's just like, wait a minute. What? Like you absolutely destroyed me. And then what? Like, go- get out of here. Cause like, and it's funny though, but that's where the growth is because it's like, you think that's what you want. And then it happens. And to be able to say no and walk away from that, like there is something literally magical that happens when the day that you like consciously realize you have moved past the traumatic event. Yeah. Like when you're like, oh my God, I'm out in the sun and I'm laughing or I'm just like having a meal by myself, like sitting either in my house by myself or I go out to eat by myself and I'm not sad. I'm completely content. There is like this power. I feel like I, at least for me, I think for me, Oh, sorry. I'm happy. No, like, Oh my God, I'm happy. And that it's like, you know, you, you start in one place and you like, that's where you get to a next level of growth of just like time on this planet. And, um, I pity the people that don't ever get to experience that because it sucks, but it's also the best. It is. And you know what the the best thing was, um, after years, like years of therapy and like years of not loving this man anymore, I am now open to the opportunity of loving someone else. And that was a thing that like two years ago, I would have been like, I'm always going to love him. He's always going to be yeah. the one. And now I'm like, actually, I am the one for me. <laughs> and anyone, yes. yeah, and anyone else that comes into this, like, 
just insane existence is just going to be like extra, like not extra. I don't want to say extra, but like, we'll just be like icing on the cake. And I've built this life on my own that I like want to, I want to make sure that the person I share this life with is going to be someone who not deserves it, but can like compliment it. That like meets you there. Yeah. Yeah, like sometimes it can be intimidating to date like women like you and I, where we're like, we've gone through some shit. So we've seen a lot. And now I'm like, you know, it's funny because like the person I did leave was like everything that like my father would have wanted me to be with, Mm. my mother would have wanted me to be with. Like anything any girl would have like been like, oh my God, he's dreamy. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. But like, now I'm like, okay, so I've had that person that everyone expects you to be with. I want the person who just lights my life on fire, you know, not, I'm sorry, not lights my life on fire, but like, yeah, lights my life on fire. Yes. I follow. Yeah. I agree. I always said that I was like, after I'd like gone through the ringer and love and I like took like a year and a half break. I was like, I'm not dating anybody. I'm not touching anybody. I'm not (laughs) anything with anybody and because I was like I became so content like I would take the dogs out on Saturday and we would just like go out by ourselves and I was so unbothered and peaceful in my Mm -hmm. own life that I was like if somebody does not come in and make this better like because it's perfect right now if they don't come in and make it better I I want it literally don't want it I don't want it and and it was in that I don't know if you follow like Lacey Phillips and To Be Magnetic. Yes, I do TBM. Oh, okay, okay. Oh my God, yes. Um, <laughs> so it's that whole like when you get up here and that's what you you're energetically putting out. That's who's gonna like come back as your match. Can I tell you? I did the partnership workshop uh-huh. years ago, years ago, and I made the list in a journal and I, I know it's in the house somewhere, but we like had to move and stuff. Um, two pages full, every single line filled up, some stuff crossed out of the person I wanted to meet, tucked it away, like did the work, never thought about it again. I found it after I met Jordan. It's Jordan. I tell you every, every, I'm not even exaggerating every single line. Crazy. Like down, down to like, (laughs) I'm really like making myself sound crazy no like down to like strong hands right (laughs) like because I like like you know like I like a body type of like a masculine and that's just like what I like and so I had like even that there and I'm like oh my god like but it's because I finally through all of that felt worthy enough to like get what I actually wanted did it just show up on my doorstep, literally? And you know what? It's funny because now I find myself like in a in a place where I um I find myself in like this comfort that I never felt before. And that's mm-hmm. it's through doing all of this work and doing all yeah. of the healing. I was I okay, it's gonna sound ridiculous. So I recently, not this past trip, but last fall I went to Europe with two girlfriends. And I had never been to Paris. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to tack three days on and I'm going to go to Paris. And so I took myself to Paris and the last, and I'm having like the best time by myself. 
And the last night I'm in Paris, I'm like, and I was telling my therapist this, I'm like, this is the happiest like little walk of my life. I had put my phone away and I'm always on my phone because I'm always working. And at Mm -hmm. the time I was working with a client that like I had to be online almost all the time. And I like had taken myself to dinner. I was going to meet a friend who was randomly in Paris at the same time. I was going to meet him and his father for a drink later that night, like near my hotel. And so I went to go grab dinner by myself and I'm walking across the street and I just like, I felt good. I was like, my skin is clean and like, I'm having the best time. And like, I feel so good in my body and I feel so confident and I'm walking the street and I'm walking across the street. I have my phone in my pocket, had like a smile on my face. And like, there's this Parisian guy who looks like the boss in, um, Emily in Paris, like the rich Mm -hmm. guy in Emily in Paris. Yeah. I, I just smiled. I just smiled. And he is on a bike and he's like full on stops the bike, moves to the side and starts talking to me in French. And I'm like, oh, um, je ne parle français, which is one of like the few things I know how to say. Yeah. And he was like, where are you from? And I'm like, oh, DC area. And, and, um, and he was like, oh, well, you know, I hope that you enjoy Paris and have the most beautiful time and you are so beautiful and I'm sitting there I'm like what like I'm in sweatpants and like not even thinking about it like I'm just the the look on my face must have just been like I'm having the best effing night of my life because I I wasn't even thinking about it like and it's moments like that where like it when it comes out of nowhere that's the best too you know yeah and you're just like you're hit with the realization yeah. Um, it was the first time I had felt desirable in a long time too. And so, uh, and even this past trip to Paris, like, sorry, to Paris, I did go to Paris, but this past European trip, I'm just like walking around having the time of my life in a couple of cities by myself and thinking, you know what, if this is it, this is it. And I'm doing it for myself and I'm doing it yes. the way that I'm meant to be doing it. And regardless of And it's how, not sad. No, it's People not, see it. That's, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, regardless of how the cards fall like there's so much life to be lived and that is like what you I feel like have to I guess realize but um I don't want to keep you for the whole afternoon so I'm going to wrap this up but I if I so I end all the episodes with the same question as well and if you had to sum up and like tie in a bow what your biggest, boldest dream is right now for yourself. And it can be personal. It can be career. It can be anything. It can be big. It can be small. Um, but I believe in the power of like putting it out into the universe. So I would love to hear what your biggest, boldest dream is for yourself. To be kind to myself and everyone else that I meet along my journey every single day of my life. I love that. Period. Period. I mean, I've had success. I have success now. And I have things that, like, are out of... I Like, sometimes I look at my life and I'm like, wow, I can't believe I'm here. And I can't believe that this is the life I get to lead. But it wouldn't be this good if I wasn't kind. And if I wasn't kind to myself mm-hmm. at the same time. So 
that's my biggest dream is to always be kind to myself and to others. I love that. Well, um, (laughs) thank you so much for doing this. If people are interested, if they have, you said your um, company does home interiors and stuff. like. If people want to find you, work with you, where can they find you? And... Yeah, they can find me at just Diana Morales, which is my personal Instagram account. Um, and if they want to work with me, I am on a little bit of a wait list right now, but I also do amazing. I also just do run of the mill consulting sessions. So if they want a consulting session, they can contact me there and we can set that up or they can just come follow me and you know, we can be friends. That's and then we'll be friends on the internet and friends in real life. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this. And hopefully we get to see each other in real life. Yes. Um, and thank you for soon. having me. I had the best time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.